Hi, welcome to Dreams Recycle Podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Ann. Now today, uh, those of you who know me know that I love connecting with other female founders and CEOs. And so I've recruited a friend of mine, Rianne Sharp from Sharp Medical Recruiting and HR Consulting um, to help me uh, discuss how it is as a business owner and a CEO, it doesn't really matter if you're male or female, to be honest, how do you handle a breakup when not only are you going through a crazy breakup or divorce, but you're also trying to run a business. And this is like a double whammy for many of us. So thank you so much, Rianne. How are you? I'm doing well, Tiffany. Thanks for having me on. I, I, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Good. So, so, so I love your story and I love how positive you are about everything, but you're right. You and I were having a conversation earlier, but it is, it's an additional set of factors when you're also a CEO and a business person dealing with a breakup, because it's not something you turn off when you go to work. Right. So tell me a little bit about um, how you found your recent breakup or your divorce even. Like, how did you cope? What methods did you use? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, as we were talking, as you know, women, we, we cannot compartmentalize things. Everything kind of sticks together for us. So as a business owner, it's really tough to just kind of say, okay, I'm going to focus on business and the breakup stuff I'm going to put to the back of my mind. It's always kind of swirling around. So... One of the, the methods that I've, I've really, has really been helpful is for me to schedule pretty much everything. So mm -hmm. um, this last breakup was with my soulmate. Um, as you know, Tiffany, I, I really believe in soulmates and I believe that this guy is the soulmate. He's just not aware of it yet. <laughs> so I'm in denial still. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that might be a whole nother conversation later, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so I've scheduled everything and, and what I, you know, for the entire week. So I will put things on my calendar, the most minuscule of things. So I'll put my breakfast time on there. Mm -hmm. I will make time for running. I'll make time for specific meals. I'll schedule uh, client meetings, who I'm going to call candidate mm -hmm. meetings. And as you know, I'm a headhunter, so I need to be on the phone and positive and upbeat with clients and with candidates, regardless of my mood, because they're not paying me to hear uh -huh. my top story. <laughs> so, right. No, and that's so, all of us. Like as a CEO of your company, no one's paying you to hear anything about your personal life. No, and, so, no. and also if you have employees in a workforce, you can't take your dark mood and your breakup and your divorce into your workplace. It's very unhealthy. And because it, you know, it's kind of like a bruised apple. Pretty soon everyone in your office is going to feel down and depressed and dismal. And so yes. it, it is, it's an additional um, kind of burden we feel going through anything like that, that you have to really kind of figure out how to compartmentalize it and also how to cope with it where it doesn't affect anyone you work with. Right. Definitely. And, you know, for me, I think one of the, the things that I was married for about 20 years and wow. uh, divorced after 20 years. And of course, mm -hmm. this, as, as we shared earlier, this breakup has been harder for me than, than a divorce. Right. Um, Which sometimes happens. Yes. And I think what, you know, when I, when I got divorced and with this breakup, what I've noticed is that I really rely heavily on physical exercise. So I love to yeah. run, I like to yeah. lift. 
and it's almost like medicine for me. So I have to, you know, every day I put on my schedule that I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. And then with the, with the breakup, what I, it's almost compounded. So I run and then I'm going to go lift in the evening mm-hmm. and you know, go to the Y. And there's always a, a sauna that I can kind of sit and relax after working out just to settle my brain. Because I think once my body is physically moving, then mm-hmm. my brain is able to settle and think yeah. clearly, clearly through. So that's yeah. what no, yeah, we're. I am a massive believer in that physical movement, whether it's hiking, whether it's exercise, swimming, walking on the beach, whatever it is, during any kind of breakup. Obviously, it releases endorphins in your brain that gives you a natural high. But as you just mentioned, I think the other aspect of it is it does, it really does help you to uh, think clearer. And goth bit all the poor people at my gym through my divorce, I would go find a um, elliptical machine that faced out the window so I had my back to everyone and I would literally just like run on there and cry yes like every (laughs) single day for like months people must have thought I was a lunatic (laughs) but it it was like you know it's like your body and your brain trying to deal with it all at once and that was kind of how it manifested I got crazy fit so that was (laughs) I actually did a figure competition um, shortly after my divorce because I was, you know, I had gotten in such great shape and, and I placed it. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. See? Thank you. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely, it definitely has to be, you know, a kind of act of doing something. I tell people all the time, I think the worst thing you can do in, during your divorce or breakup is sit on your sofa doing nothing. Right. Because idle mind creates you know, more and more worry and you worry about the what ifs and the, you know, will anyone ever love me again? Am I attractive? How's this going to work out financially? What about the kids? Am I hurting so-and-so? And, and, you know, a little bit of thought process of that is okay. But if you make that your full-time job (laughs) to just sit and worry and obsess, you are clearly not going to get to a place of healing doing that. And so the busier you are, the more active you are, I think it's better for everyone. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, uh, one other thing I think has been really helpful is, you know, I, I think that probably most business owners are like this. Most entrepreneurs are probably like this. You're, you don't really have um, a network of friends, per se, that you can kind of just go hang out with because you're so mm-hmm. caught up in the business and, and making the business go that mm-hmm. it's a challenge to spend time with friends. And um, I found that spending time with with friends who don't have like any vested interest either way right who are just right and then maybe they've experienced similar situations in their lives but that's been super helpful as well so mm-hmm. you know I scheduled that time to just have a call or to go have coffee or dinner or something with uh with some really good friends mm-hmm. of mine one who happens to be a psych nurse <laughs> she's so a good friend to have very good friend to have. So uh, a lot of clinical diagnosing went into the conversation. Um, it was it was really good, really positive yeah. to have um, have the have her as a, a resource to just kind of you know mm-hmm. talk with and, and have somebody listen. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the cliche saying, "What is it? The a problem told is a problem shared." You know, we we do tend to isolate ourselves during breakup and divorce because we feel like we don't want to contaminate anyone with our kind of dismal presence, which in the workplace I think is appropriate. You probably shouldn't be taking that all to work and making everyone else miserable. But in your personal life, I think the opposite applies. And you really need to make a conscious effort to reach out to your friends because 
your friends might not reach out to you. Like other people who have not been divorced or suffered through a breakup aren't very, it's not that they're not empathetic. It's more like they just don't know what to do. And so avoidance seems to be the main thing. And, you know, maybe there are a few married couples who no longer want to do anything with you because now you're single. Right. Um, Right. I did run into that a lot when I was divorced. Um, You know, the people who, it's almost like you become a pariah. Well, I think they think it's catching and I'm pretty sure it is not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They'll infect me with the divorce. Yeah. what have you yeah no but it is important and I and I advocate you know making new friends you know if I when I got divorced I was the only person of all my group of girlfriends who was going to be divorced or single everybody else at the time was still married and um, they're not now but though by the way so I don't know what that says but at the time (laughs) yeah but at the time I was the only one and it took me a while to realize that it's actually kind of hard to be um, going through a divorce and breakup and really make plans to do stuff with other people that are married. Yes. So I, I consciously kind of reached out to some more peripheral people I knew who were single for whatever reason, you know, even people in England who were single that I knew that, you know, yeah. million miles away, I couldn't go out with them just because there was a more commonality and right. You know, as Dreams Recycled proves and you and I, um, friendship proves that it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone's divorce story is slightly different. But if you've been there, I've never met a divorcee who would not help another divorcee. Correct. I I completely agree. I completely agree with that. I mean, there's that. um, It's almost like it's a bonding, some type of bonding that happens because of that shared experience. Right. Yeah. 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 And so we need to seek that out, you know, in whatever form. And if you don't know anyone, join a meetup or, you know, a club or talk to other people at the gym or wherever you go, but be open to making new friends and going out and doing things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so funny that you say that. I, um, I always wonder, I'm like, why is no, why nobody approaches me in real life? Like, <laughs> like no guys, no guys will approach me and say, Hey, you want to go out? So that's, that's a, a challenge that I'm, I'm still kind of working through. Um, but, you know, one of the, the other things, too, that I, I found really helpful as I'm kind of going through all of this is just knowing that it's okay to be sad sometimes. I'm, I am from the Caribbean, and we don't, I think it's maybe cultural. We don't like to be sad. I don't like to be sad. I don't like to, to cry a lot. And, you know, of course, with what I do, I'm, I have to be upbeat all the time. So what I, I give myself just a few moments just to kind of feel sad and, and mm. to really cry about this because it's, you know, it's, it's hurtful and I don't it want all that to build up. Yeah. So, mm. um, so I think that that has really been helpful just to kind of say, okay, you know what? It's fine. It's, it's good. You know, it's fine to be sad. It's a sad situation and just kind of accept it to be sad. Well, and I think that's a really good point to bring up because, and I think especially men are guilty of this. And I tell a lot of our male clients all the time, you know, it's okay to be sad. Like you, something in your life has happened or happening where your life is irreversibly changed. It's okay to mourn that in whatever way that looks okay to you. You know, if you like girls, if you want to sit on the sofa, drink wine with your friend, cry all night, eat, whatever. But, you know, for a man, if they want to, you know, cry or whatever, it's the same. Like, we are, we are humans. We are full of emotions. We have, you know, we're allowed to be up and down. 
We don't have to be superhuman. There's no shame in that, that you are struggling. There's no shame in getting help. And there's no shame in, like say, letting your emotions show sometimes. What the dangerous part is, you can't stay there, right? So, so like you said, you, you let yourself however long, you know, I used to do it in days. Like you probably are better than I am, but I used to do it in whole days where I go like, today I'm having a really bad day. I'm just going to let myself have a horrible day. I'm going to cry all day, all night, do stupid stuff, feel sorry for myself. But when I went to bed that night, I'd say, okay, in the morning is a new day. You're going to wake up. You're going to be grateful for everything you do have and all yeah. the opportunities that you have you know now being a single person etc etc and you're gonna put them to the best use and you're gonna stop you know crying and whatever yeah yeah and it's funny that you say that looking at the things that you have that are good and positive in your life and that's been definitely something that I've been been doing a lot I think that um you know women and men we do this we kind of make people the center of our universe and Mm -hmm. when we move them away from that center then we feel like everything is going to just collapse into itself and Mm -hmm. the reality is there's so many great things that everybody has their lives and you know even if you think oh I don't have anything great there's there's always something positive in your life and I've been really forcing myself to look at that you know I have really amazing children and Mm -hmm. we're smart and you know the business is doing well and I I have all the flexibility to do whatever I want to do and I can travel and talk to people and you know, um, so I, I try to really remember that and, and to know that this is just one aspect of my life and not like my entire life. So, right. And then that, get, that gets into the whole self-love piece, right? And the we should only be responsible for making ourselves happy. No one yeah. else should ever be responsible for our happiness. And this is, you know, when I talk to all these divorcees, and this is what I hear over and over again, I don't know if I can be happy without them. And then you have to get into the whole kind of diagnosis that you say, but, but why are you not happy? Right. Right. You have, and you look at most of the people around us, you know, you, me and all the, a lot, most of the other divorcees I talk to, we have an awful lot to be grateful for. We live in, you know, we live in a first world country. We have roofs, food, cars, you know, I mean, you can start from anywhere. There is so much to be grateful for. And then the, the other piece to it is, when did being single become such an awful, awful thing? Like I loved being single. It was fabulous. <laughs> oh gosh, Tiffany, I got to tell you, I don't like being single. <laughs> I, I grew up, you know, I think because of my cultural background, I grew up kind of, you know, with the, the parents and the cooking and the friends coming over and the extended family and all of that stuff. So moving to the States for me, I felt very, um, it was very kind of isolating and alone. So when mm-hmm. I, I did have my husband, I was like, Oh my God, my best friend and everything. Right. So for me, it's kind of like, um, it's a challenge for me to be alone, mm-hmm. which is weird because I'm a loner. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I, am not afraid to start things on my own. I'm not afraid to go places by myself. I always just prefer to have somebody that I would like to be with somebody I want to hang yeah. out with. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but yeah. I think that there's a, well, same thing, self-love piece. When you really, really, truly get to the point that you're okay being alone, that you're not settling for anyone just not to be alone. Right. Um, the way you start to date is different. The people you attract to you is different. I, um, I think, you know, like I'm currently engaged 
And um, oh, yes. oh. yeah, so so I'm engaged, and I literally believe that if I had not got to the place of being 100% completely happy in myself and also happy being single, I wouldn't have attracted him and vice versa. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he's probably the first relationship I've been in where it's two whole people coming together. Whereas, like I said, it's, it's very easy. In our generation, my parents are still married. They've been married 50 years. You know, our generation... We grew up in, a, in kind of the situation where our parents, they went from, you know, living in their parents' house to living in the house with their husband or wife. There was no alone time, right? Right. But, yeah. um, but I think it's very important that we get to that place, you know, and that's a whole nother conversation. But, but I really believe that that serves you well in the end. So maybe you and I, after this, will talk a little bit about how to get to that place so you don't <laughs> mind being alone. <laughs> I think so. You know, I, it's funny because I think that anybody probably hearing this and who knows me would say, what? She doesn't like being, she doesn't like being alone and she does all these things. Yeah. yeah, It's, but in reality, yeah, it's, it's always a challenge for me. And I was, I was one of those, those girls who I, um, I lived with my parents all the way until I, um, got married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't have the alone time. So now is my opportunity, yes? Now is my opportunity. <laughs> well, now is your opportunity. So let's talk about that. So I went from like being at home to being engaged to being married, right? Same thing. Yeah. So I had not dated since, you know, the Clinton administration, basically. <laughs> so, which is really bad. But, and, and I have to agree, to begin with, I hated it. I thought, oh God, I'm never going to survive by myself. And part of it was the practical parts of it. Like you said, having somebody there, you know, uh, things in your house, things to do with your car, going on vacation. Like, it just seems insurmountable how much you have to now start to navigate. It's like you've got two people's jobs you're now responsible for on the home front as well as everything else. And, um, and it really did take a lot of work to get to the place, you know, that I was before I met my current fiance, because it's, it's not natural when you've been doing something else for so long. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But I mean, in truth, this last uh, relationship that I was in for two years, mm -hmm. um, I think that it, it allowed for a great deal of alone time because we weren't together a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. During that time, I did take, and I, I continue to take even after my divorce, I took independent vacations and mm -hmm. I had a lot of things just by myself. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I compare the two, I think for, for me, I mean, I enjoy having the, the companionship really is what it is. What I right. But yeah, I, I need to, I think you're so right about once you're comfortable in your own skin and you can be by yourself that you will attract the right person, right. a better quality person. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, no, because I, I feel like there are too many people who really are half people looking for other half people. Right. Uh, and this ends, you know, will no doubt end up back on Dreams Recycled looking for help from that divorce because that barely, you know, usually will not end well for either party because yeah. it's more of a codependency than right. anything else. Yeah. And, um, and I, but let's talk about being single. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about all the benefits of being single. So I was single for quite a long time. I was single almost five years between my last marriage and now. And, um, 
and I have to say at the beginning I really didn't like it I went on like 400 dates and it was you know kind of stressful and difficult whatever but when I really started to like embrace how much um kind of adventure is out there you know when you're single you really can lead a lot more spontaneous life a lot more uh kind of fun-filled life in a way yeah uh, and I think once I've kind of started to see that and see like, wow, it's the weekend. I have no plans. Well, no plans means that I could have actually any plans, right? True. Very true. And so once I started shifting the mindset about, oh, look at me, I'm alone and shifted it to, wow, there are 7 billion people on this planet that I could reach out to and go out with or do something with or travel with or meet and talk to and once I started to kind of date people and make other friends where I wasn't really fully looking for a relationship I was just looking to enjoy life yeah I think it became a lot more enjoyable and I have to say when I meet single people and they go oh I hate being single I'm like no being single is so much fun like you're doing yeah. it wrong I think I, I think I do it very wrong <laughs> <laughs> I think that's definitely, I, I, I must say, I must be doing it super wrong. But, it, but it's all in the mindset of it, right? You have, you know, um, like I said, 7 billion people, 200 and something countries to visit. You can eat anything whenever you want. You know, you can eat peeps and ice cream every single day, 24 hours, and no one can say anything to you, right? You can you, oh. You can have a day where you don't put on any makeup, do your hair, and you really don't care. Because <laughs> I mean, if you start to look at it, even in the silly terms of how fun and liberating it actually is to be single, and it's empowering once you figure out how to, you know, take care of your house, take care of your car, um, you know, start your business, whatever it is. There really is a lot of confidence I think you build from being okay being single. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I, I see those times where I'm completely happy with, you know, like I went to Miami and, and checked, you know, was on South Beach and had a really Very fun. Time. You didn't invite me. That's oh, nice. gosh, sorry. <laughs> Next year, I, I try to go every year. I, go, I try to go every year uh, on South Beach, um, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's fun there. Yeah, yeah. see? Yeah. South Beach, that's a single person's trip. That's fun. <laughs> wonderful had a great time I, anywhere with the beach and sun I'm, I'm 100% on board um, and I agree I think that it, it doesn't make sense trying to find somebody who is gonna make you happy you know mm -hmm. I, I always say I just need somebody to make me happier because I, mm -hmm. I feel pretty happy yeah just, you know the happier piece yeah, yeah. No, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Let's face it. I mean, 99% of people you ask no matter how happy they are will say you know, of course, it would be lovely to meet somebody, you know, your soulmate or somebody who's your best friend, somebody to do stuff with, of course it is. Yeah. So, so we don't give up on that. But, but in the meantime, we live life to the fullest and we don't, you know, think about so much what we don't have instead of enjoying what we do have, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's a great point. That's a great point. So let's go back to talking about, so women in business and men, like if you own your own business, there is a ridiculous amount of stress in our lives because the buck stops with us, right? There's no right. one else, to, there's no one else for me to blame anything on or you to blame anyone on. Nope, can't. <laughs> so, so yes. Mm -hmm. 
no, so carry on. So you gave us some tips on how to navigate that and, and they're great. Do you have any others? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, one of the things that I've been doing is I, just as you said, I constantly remind myself that a lot of people are relying on me. It's not just about me. I can't come in and wallow because yeah. I have to, I have clients um, that need to get these people placed and it's all healthcare. So, you know, if they don't have a nurse, then there's nobody to take care of that patient. And if nobody's mm-hmm. there to take care of the patient, that's not a good situation at all. Right. So uh, I have to, rem- I, I constantly remind myself of, of how important it is to do the work. And I think that that's, you know, that, and of course my schedule is what kept, gets me out of bed because I'm like, if mm-hmm. not, I'm going to just, like you said, I'm going to just stay in bed, no makeup and eat the peeps and ice cream. So I have to, I have to just remind myself of the importance of it. And, you know, any, you know, I think for, for business owners, I, I think it's great that, you know, you and I are talking about this um, because I, I know that there are other people who are either uh, sole proprietors, uh, business owners, leaders of companies who have experienced significant painful breakups and painful loss of of the person that was significant to them. And they feel that there's nothing they can do except kind of push forward and and isolate themselves and bury Mm -hmm. their feelings. And, and, you know, I, when I saw your post on LinkedIn, I, I just, I had to talk with you about it because you're right. I mean, it doesn't matter how successful somebody is or attractive Mm -hmm. or, or what have you, it's going to happen to you. If you're a business owner or not, it's going to happen to you at some point. And for us business owners, we have to um, we have to take the steps to continue to move forward. I I've talked with people who have lost their business because they just fell apart after the. Yeah, gone. no, yeah, no, and I have too. And and you you obviously can't go down that road. And you also, you know, if anyone out there is listening, I would say you need to get help as quickly as possible. But also remember that it's never too late to get help. So. You know, we, we've helped people who are currently getting divorced, who are separated. And I've even helped people who it's 12 years after their divorce and they still haven't moved forward, who wow. finally, you know, got to the place where they realize that, you know, this is, they've wasted 12 years of their life like this. So, wow. you know, there is help out there. Obviously, you come Dreams Recycled, you can reach out to me. You can talk to Rianne uh, and, um, and, you know, there are many other support groups. There's all kinds of things that you can do. Therapy, counseling, support groups, divorce coaches. But there's no reason nowadays not to get help because it is out there. Agreed. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I hear people a lot say, oh, I was, you know, I was so busy. And, you know, then I didn't really want to talk. And I think that there's still a little bit of stigma around asking for help and especially as a business owner we we tend to not want to ask for help you know Mm. no absolutely and we're and we're prideful creatures right we're embarrassed we're ashamed that we need help but i'm going to tell you if anyone's listening out there because i think people are sometimes shocked so i've talked to over six thousand divorcees and i've i've coached professional athletes who having trouble with their divorce I've coached CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. It does not matter who you are. Divorce and breakups are painful. And like everything else in life, there's a better way and then there's a best way. (laughs) And then there's also the really horrible way that you don't need to be doing, so get help. 
Yes. <laughs> so there's no shame in that. And I, I super appreciate you coming on our show and sharing your story with us because it does, it will empower other people in the business world to say, you know what, it's okay. It's okay not to have everything perfect all the time. Right. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And you're so, you're so right, um, Tiffany. I think that one of the problems with us being business owners is we want things, you know, we want to be successful. And that's why we start our businesses because we want it to be successful. And then we don't accept any kind of failure in our personal lives or in our professional lives. And we see, mm -hmm. um, breakups and divorces as, as fail. And it's not a fail, it's an opportunity for success. So we yeah. have to kind of keep remembering it that way. No, it is. And that's a great note to end on. But thank you so much. You've been amazing. And I'm sure your story's been super helpful to many people. So Rianne, where can people find you if they want to reach out and talk to you about anything? Yeah. Um, sure. Um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. So it's Rianne Sharp, R-H-I-N-S-H-A-R-P. And my is Rian, R-H-I-A-N, at sharpmedicalrecruiting.com. Well, I wish you super, super amazing success with your company, which I know is fabulous. And obviously in your personal life, and, uh, like I said, my I will be talking to you later about the lonely thing. So. Oh, thank you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're welcome. You have a great day. You too. So thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Dreams Recycled podcast with Tiffany Ann. For any questions or contact us, go to dreamsrecycled.com. Thank you very much. Bye.